This is 1 in 44, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. 1 in 44 is a weekly show devoted to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to 1 in 44, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning I'm speaking with Shante Wise from Thinkers for Autism. Good morning. Good morning. I will clarify that I am Shante Smith, formerly Shante Wise. I was married I apologize. four years ago. That's okay because everything that I do for the nonprofit is considered Shante Wise for the length of time that I started ago. So, and I never changed it. All right. Well, as a as a uh, newlywed myself uh, for the second time, I, I get it. The names get confusing. Your wise came up on uh, on my screen. Yes. So, um, but Shanta Shante Smith. So I'll change that uh, moving forward. And but Thinkers for Autism um, is a is a, a program out in California where you are right um, yes. that you created and. Um, I, we invited you to be on the show. We were excited to talk to you about Thinkers for Autism, what it is, what your mission is, what your events are like, how people can get involved, how people can get engaged. But before we do any of that, I'd love for you to share a little bit of your own background with us um, that may lead into the story of how Thinkers for Autism started. Okay, wonderful. Again, I am Shante Smith. Um, I am a wife, a mother. Uh, an employee, a self-employed, a friend, a cousin, a love. I am all of that. Um, I won't tell my age, but I do have a 17-year-old autistic son. Um, I am a registered nurse. And 15 years ago, before my son's dad passed, we noticed some changes in him. He was progressing normally like normal kids till about the age of one and a half, two. And we started seeing some different things where he was learning progressively like all children do, but then he seemed to start to regress. Mm-hmm. And in his regression, his dad just noticed it more than I saying, you know, something's different. And I, of course, me being the mom and the nurse, oh, boys typically, sometimes they do that. They learn slower. Long story short, we took him, we got him assessed and came back with the diagnosis of autism. Mm-hmm. At this point, there was a, at that point, then there was a super huge long waiting list to even get to get a doctor's appointment. We waited for like eight months to get an appointment. Oh my goodness. I don't think that that's improved all that much, to be honest with you, Shantae. But yeah, that's, that's, uh, must've been very difficult when you sort of had finally gotten to, gotten to a point where you were recognizing there may be something going on and then you still had to wait almost a year. Yes. Yes. So that time we got the diagnosis. Well, then it was an even longer wait to get therapy. Mm-hmm. And so I had a great social worker at, that was at the center that said, let me give you some people, but you're going to possibly have to pay out of pocket. And I told her at this point, I don't care what I have to do. I need to get whatever help my son needs. So at that point I in turn um, got him therapy and therapy was $150 per session. And mm-hmm. we were doing three sessions a week and that was out of pocket. Mm-hmm. So at that point, am I going to pay my bills or am I going to get speech therapy for my son? Hmm. Not a hard decision. Speech therapy is primary. So we did speech therapy and he progressed um, pretty well, mm-hmm. pretty well for, we did that for about six months. And after, after uh, two months, they started reimbursing us the money after, you know, with the exception of like $25 copay, they reimbursed us the money. So he progressed pretty well with that. It got his speech up to par. And then the school he was in started helping out and things started coming along pretty well. Um, and then we would do different events. They would have the autism walks and we would mm-hmm. do that. But when he turned five, shortly after he turned five, his dad died. Mm. which was my first yeah. husband he died mm. so that was a traumatic event for him my daughter and myself yeah. and um you know we had to I had to figure out how am I going to parent 
and be mom and, you know, be all these things. And at that point, the teacher he had in school had just, we had my husband before he died, we had just went to his school and they were saying, oh, he needs to be in a different classroom setting. His classroom setting isn't going to work for him. And I'm like, what do you mean it's not going to work for him? So we went to the school, we met with the teacher and she said, well, I want him to go to this school. So we went to another school and the kids were literally very hyper acting. Literally. And mm-hmm. I, at that point, even still to this day, I know that Jesse is a, and his name is Jesse. He mm-hmm. tends to gravitate to other p- kids' behaviors and pick them up, you know, like we're all sponges. Sure. And I told him, I said, this is not going to work for him. He can't be in this kind of environment. It's going to be horrible. And at that point, there was a special ed director at the school who went with us. She said, you're the mother. She whispered, you're the mother (laughs) and you have the choice to do whatever you want to do. This is your child. You don't have to listen to anyone else. If you want him to stay in that classroom, you do what you is best fit for your child. And I'm standing there and I'm just crying and crying and crying. She said, don't cry. Do what you have to do. This is a beginning of a fight, but you fight for your son. This is your son. So I took that to heart. And we went back, had another IEP and told the teacher, you get paid for this. You guys got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I'm not the professional. I'm trying to be a professional mom, but you're the profession. You went to school to learn how to do this. So you have you and three other aides in this classroom. You guys got to figure it out. Do the math, do the numbers, do the configurations, whatever you got to do, you guys figure it out. And from that point on, he, you know, he started progressing. And then I started saying, well, I'm going to buy this program for him. I'm going to buy that program. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't want you to do that because they didn't want to look bad. If parent is spending money on things for the kids. So everything that I researched, got, they went on ahead and they bought it and paid for him. So he progressed fairly well at that point. A comprehension was, you know, an issue then and it still is now. Mm-hmm. But he progressed pretty well. And then um, six months after his, about four or five months after his dad died, I think that's when it kind of hit him. Like, okay. And then every day he was just crying and crying. So that was a regression. Yeah. So then I kept trying to seek out therapy. Like, what can I do to help my kid who's lost his dad? And he doesn't understand that he's not, you know, this person who used to come home every day, he's not here. Where mm-hmm. is this person? And so everyone, I kept getting doors and kept getting doors. Well, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. And I'm just like, oh my God, it has to be some kind of services to help a child who's lost a parent, who's lost, you know, a friend who's lost anything. This is a, and they don't understand how to do it, where it's coming from. Information just wasn't enough. Resources wasn't coming through to help him. Mm -hmm. That was the thing. Then it became information. Okay. Where do kids go to get daycare after school care, before care? Um, Where do kids go for activities? You know, where do all these things, how do all these, and everyone I kept asking, Oh, I don't know. Ask this person. Oh, I don't know. Ask that person. I don't know. What about this? And it's like, Oh my gosh, like who helps the parents who are new at this? Yeah. And we don't know what to do. Like, right. It's like you found you you started with one obvious gap that kind of hit you because you were looking for something so specific. And then it led you to identifying all these other gaps. Yep. Okay. So I've heard that. I've heard this, um, you know, similar stories before. So, so you're hearing all of this, you're realizing that there's other families who are probably going through similar experiences and even worse. Um, and even worse, and, and also, you know, combine that with your, your, your son at this point is in a school setting, which many families, especially those who now flash forward, have children who are, who are turning 21 and older and are becoming adults, they then retroactively re- realize school was when there were, the, there were the most services. So here you are. And so what did you do? What did, you know, what was the next step once you started to realize there were so many places that, that families weren't finding resources? So at that point, I decided, I said, maybe in talking to different people, I said, maybe I can start a nonprofit Mm -hmm. and maybe I can help provide information for every resource that I was getting that parents didn't know about. And then I'm sharing it with them. Maybe I can do it on a bigger setting. 
So at that point, I had started dating my current husband now, and he was like, go ahead and, and do it. And I was going to go under someone else's umbrella. He was like, why would you go under another person's umbrella for a nonprofit that you can do yourself? What's mm-hmm. wrong with you? You can do it. You know, go ahead and do it. So we had a meeting with a bunch of friends and family who all love Jesse. And we sat around talking, what's going to be the name? So we're all thinking, thinking, we're thinking. And then yep. somebody said, and I said, what about thinkers, thinkers for autism? And it was like, that's a good one. That's a good one. So while we're sitting there round table talking, and one of my girlfriend's husband, who was an artist, he sat there and he started writing, writing, writing. Boom. He pops up our logo with the head yeah. with the four different pieces. And that was his idea. While we're sitting there just chatting, like 10 minutes, he came up with it. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, there's our logo. There's our name. There we go. So we did the first autism walk with our shirts on. He had our shirts made with Jesse's face on it and our logo. Mm-hmm. And it was just awesome. Mm-hmm. And then that was at that point. So um, about a year later, I said, okay, we're going to do our first fair. Our first fair, I didn't know where to start, who to start, what to do. And we had it at a high school gymnasium. Mm-hmm. Most of our vendors were just friends who sold various items, nothing geared towards autism. I think we probably had maybe 100 people at the first event, which was still good. Yeah, that's great. Good for not knowing but people were coming to buy stuff, but they wasn't getting the information they needed to provide services. So then the second year we did it and I was like, OK, great. This is cool. We got more people, more vendors came to assist parents. This is what we wanted. OK, great. Then the third year came. And we changed locations because the location we were at, we didn't outgrow it, but it's just the parking was horrible. The scene, it was a good location in a sense with the parking because they had, they would have games and things going on at the same day we were having the events. Okay, that's not a good idea to mm-hmm. parking. Be, people weren't coming because it was horrible parking. Mm-hmm. So we said, okay, we got to go somewhere. So we went to our third, our second location, which was our third year. And at that event, we had a little over 200 people at that event. And it was, it was awesome. And um, people were just coming and coming. And it was just like, oh, my God. So my husband, he got us. He gets everything. He gets our my cards made. He gets uh, uh, little magnets made. He had our easy up done. We had tablecloths done. Yeah. You know, he just get all these things done. And we had our T-shirts done. And just we're just doing all this stuff at our 30 at our third fair. And that fair, I realized, OK, these are the people that I need to create a relationship with mm-hmm. to continue to help them because these they are our voices. They right. give permission out to other people to come to our events to help get more information, just to kind of keep it keep it going. So I was trying to build a relationship with the regional center, and every year they kept saying, "Oh, we can't come. Oh, I'm sorry, we can't come. Oh, I'm sorry." The first three years, I'm like, "This sucks. You guys are supposed to be the resources for the families, and you can't get it." Right, so, and you're bringing well, the families, so now the resource center needs to come to them. <laughs> That was my thought process. I mean, yeah, but what do I, what do I know? Right? <laughs> so they, every year they kept saying, they don't know. They don't know. They don't know. So, okay, fine. We just go around them. So our third fair, we had 36 vendors. Nice. Out of the 36 vendors, probably six of them, only six were not anything dealing with autism compared to previous times where the majority were not for autism mm-hmm. and the others were other. So it would have turned around in, in a matter of two years. We turned it all around. I'm going to stop you there because we have to take a break, but that is a great entry into the rest of the story. Cause I know yes. that there's a few more years to talk about and to where you are today, but, um, but I love that. And I, and I love that you stuck with it 
um, that's a great message also to just leave for a quick break. But, you know, if you're, if you're starting something like this or wondering how you can get involved in something like this, one rule I think is don't get discouraged. Um, when yes. the first group comes out, that's your core group. You, you continue to work with them. Um, Shante Smith from Thinkers for Autism. Thank you again for being on the show. We're going to take a quick break and come right back. This is one in 44, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski. We'll be right back. And now one in 44 continues on 100.7 WHUD. This is a weekly community affairs program presented by the Anderson Center for Autism. Welcome back to 1 in 44, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski from Anderson Center for Autism, and I'm speaking today with Shante Smith from uh, Thinkers for Autism. I would call you, I don't know, founder, president, CEO, <laughs> all around leader, mom, nurse, um, all the things that you introduced yourself as before. Um, I love your story so far. I love where it came from, the image of you sitting around your first meeting with friends and family and kind of coming up with a name and a mission and a, a logo um, and then sticking with it when the your first event was attended, but not necessarily by all the people that you were sort of your target audience. But then in year three, you saw a big change. So if you could pick it up from there and keep telling us what happened next. Well, our next event was 2020, the year of COVID. Oh, we're ready for number four. (laughs) We're ready for number four. Let's get it rocking and rolling. And COVID hit and our event was scheduled for April. I don't recall the date. And COVID hit in little sign January, little sign February, March was like the big kaboom. Yep. And things just started shutting and shutting and shutting. I'm like, okay, we got to cancel the fair. So we canceled the fair. It was like, okay, everybody was like, oh, no, 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 but we can't. We don't want people and the vendors. We don't want them to be, oh, you know, what are we going to do? So we just reimburse everybody their money. We're going to keep it moving. In 2021, I said, we can't go another year without doing something. So we did things, a lot of things online via Zoom. But people by this point were really getting burnt out with Zoom, 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 Zoom. So we had a few attendees come to, we had, you know, paint night, you know, sipping, sipping punch. We had game night, dance night. We had all different things, you know, every on a weekly thing, but people just really wasn't attending that much. So it's like, okay, this is fine. Decided to do a, um, uh, toy drive, toy drive was a flop. I was like, okay, well, that's fine. We're not back out there like that. So people really are still a little afraid of, you know, um, COVID. Mm-hmm. So come January of this year, I said, you know what, we're going to bite the bullet. We're going to go ahead and go for fair number four. Let's get it going. And we did it. And I promise you, we had close to 500 people that came out to our Oh, family. congratulations. That's so exciting. Yes, we wow. had Eventbrite. We had yeah. Facebook. We had Instagram. And in February of this year, I started with 72 followers from Instagram. Now we're up to 260 followers. That's great. On Instagram. That's great. It, it is autumn. And even as of yesterday, I have five more followers come on Instagram. And the fair was such, for me, I was able to be on the outside because we had so many volunteers that came out to help. We had people from everywhere just like, we want to help, we want to help. We had people at the gate before the event even started. Mm-hmm. We had families that came, arrived before 10 o'clock, 
we had to kick them out. Okay, guys, the event's over at two. You know, we got to clean up. You know, mm-hmm. we'll see you next time. People were literally like, okay, when's the next event? When's the next event? Well, oh, okay. that's so great. We booked the date already for April 23 of 23. So we got April 23, 23. So you guys remember four, two, three, two, three. That's our year. They're all happy and excited, excited, but people are on Instagram and Facebook and they're talking about this event and how great it is and how great mm-hmm. it was. And they can't wait for the next one. When is the next one? When is the next one? They're communicating amongst each other. And I'm watching and seeing all these conversations and I'm like, wow, how cool is this? And I had always wanted to do uh, something in the fall. I wanted mm-hmm. to just kind of give back in the fall. Well, in 2017, I was going to do it, but my mom passed away. Mm-hmm. So then I kind of, that stumped me and I'm like, okay, I can't do it. Let me figure it out. And so with this year coming, I said, you know what, let's do it. Let's do a fall fun festival and let's just see how it goes. And we set forth probably about two months ago, two, two and a half months ago. And we put it out there and we had our first lady who was really huge and enjoyed it. She was like, she signed up initially. Like she was the first person to sign up. Like I'm there. And so now we have up to, I think like 12 vendors right now. Mm -hmm. So we were thinking it doesn't have to be a big event just to show people that we're here and we're out. So we're having it where the kids get to do a parade. We're giving away candy. No one, we haven't advertised it, but we're going to get away a pair of Rams tickets to the Rams uh, season games. Okay. Um, We're going to have, I forgot, we're going to have a regular gas car price. People need gas out here. I don't know how much the gas prices are in New York, but. Oh, they're not good. They're not good. (laughs) They're not good. (laughs) Well, at least we're not at the $7 mark anymore. We're down to the five, five and a half, five, five and a half mark. We were down to $4 last, four something last week, but it went back up. That's so we're going to give out these things, but our raffle prizes have yeah. always been phenomenal. The turnout to have close to 500 people was absolutely unbelievable, considering from 2014, when we initially started to 2022, to have close to 500 people. And it's absolutely. just absolutely amazing just to see that amount of people and just to see the kids enjoying themselves. We had mm-hmm. face painter, we had character artists, we had music, we had bubbles, we had a whole game center area. Mm-hmm. We had balloon artists, we had food vendors and all the vendors were in the center. And it's wonderful because people can still feel okay because it's outside. So it's not indoor. Yeah. You know, you've got to take, I mean, I, I just, you know, we're, we're, we're coming out to the last couple of minutes. I just would love, I, I want to thank you. Just, um, I interact with a lot of families um, who have children here at Anderson Center for Autism and, and elsewhere. And, and I've gotten a chance on this podcast to talk to so many providers, um, parents, siblings, uh, researchers, authors, so many different people. But just on behalf of that entire, the entire community, I mean, it it really is so impactful, the kinds of things that you're doing um, for so many reasons and taking into account that not only I think does the outdoor setting and the types of events that you're talking about really work for this sort of still in semi coming out of pandemic world, I guess is what we're calling it. Um, But also, uh, I, I've heard for years just the, the sense of isolation that so many families can feel when they're raising a child with autism, yes. that it goes such a long way to be able to get excited about and plan a family outing where you know 100% you're going to be welcomed and appreciated and everybody's going to have a good time and you're not going to feel like you're being sort of, you know, under the microscope or potentially be asked to leave. Um, and I think that that to me, that just encompasses the kind of kindness that I would love to see more and more people engaging yes. in, in the world in general, but certainly in the autism community, I think it's, it's spectacular. So, um, and 
just so exciting that not only did you add a new event this year, but you also already have your 42323, your April 23rd, uh, 2023 fair next year. Um, so I, I do have a question um, just about sort of how does it all work? The vendors come and, and so what your fair does, it is it helps connect families in need with the vendors who are providing those School activities, respite care, um, ABA therapy, ABA therapy, right? Therapy, whatever services. In just to add a side note, Harbor Regional Center was there at our fair this year. Finally, yay! Oh my goodness, (laughs) a huge win. That's that's fantastic. They were there, so it's just to provide the information to parents who need services, and then I'm there as well to point them in the right direction. Um, We've had dance people there to teach kids how to dance. You know, Mm -hmm. we've had. Um, ABA speech. Um, we've had dentists there. You know, we've had physical yes, therapy huge, there. Right? Dentist, mm-hmm. Yes, the dentist is a huge thing because kid, I don't want to go to the dentist, and I, you know, I don't have I'm special needs. So we've had people. They've reached out. We this year we're going to also have the county register recorder to teach people how to register to vote. We have people there that teach people how to about conservatorship. We have mm-hmm. something for people to do adult age when they turn 21. What is my child going to do when they turn 18? What are they going to do? Transitional programs. Yeah. Um, Another one, I'm drawing a blank, but we have people that so give them the information for resources that they, conservatorship, things that they don't necessarily know, necessarily know how to move when, what direction do I go in? And then also I've added to my hat that I'm doing advocacy. I go and I do IEPs with parents. I'm an IEP advocate where I oh, go. Oh, that's wonderful. A very, very needed role. Yes. Because as a parent, a lot of times we forget that it's my voice that counts the most. Not the teachers, not the psychologists, not the therapists. Mm-hmm. Their voices count, but I'm the one that's supposed to be in charge of my child because at the end of the day, I want he or she to be progressive in the community in which they're going to be living in. Mm-hmm. And if I don't facilitate that, I can't totally depend on the teacher to solely uh, depend on them to go ahead and facilitate that. The story that you told earlier about that that um, principal who sort of whispered in your ear, you're the parent, uh, you know, that brings me back to the number of times that I've, I've talked to families about the fact that no matter no matter anybody's expertise. And, and I think you handled it beautiful, just beautifully. Um, just, just what you said before about going into that meeting and saying, look, you have expertise in the classroom. You have expertise because you went to school for the, you know, to work with children with autism, but I'm his mom. And that, you know, you are the expert on your individual child. And I think that's a really important lesson. And I, and I've always loved the, um, the advocacy role um, when a, when another parent with maybe a little bit more experience or um, just to be by, by the side of a parent who might be navigating that system for the first time. I've, I've heard many stories about what an impact that has um, for the family as a whole, because, you know, it obviously also impacts the child um, and uh, their experience in the classroom long term. So um, this is all fantastic. I love that you're expanding to include um, services for adults and opportunities for families to kind of plan ahead. Um, if Jesse is now 17, you're right in that mix where you're starting to have to really think about his adult future and that impacts your adult future and potentially his siblings' adult futures. And so you probably know firsthand um, that there's a whole new world out there of, of um, I guess, you know, some bureaucracy and paperwork, but also yes. just a, 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 an exciting time to see, you know, what the, what the opportunities will be. Um, 
I just want to make sure that we we leave another 30 seconds or so to make sure people know how to find out more about Thinkers for Autism and get in touch with you or participate in one of the events. So do you want to throw out your um, your website and where you are on social media? So we are uh oh social media. We are thinkersforautism.org. That's our website. We do have uh, Facebook, which is um, Shante Smith, and they can Google my name and it links automatically to Thinkers for Autism. And then our Instagram, I think is T4A. Lord, I, I should know that. But I th- if you go to our website, which is Thinkers yeah. for Autism, it links to all of them. You can go to everything. And if anyone wants to participate or help or volunteer, definitely give me a call. Um, my number's on the website. My telephone number is 562-706-2128. I am Shante Wise, a.k.a. Shante Smith. Um, my husband will hear this and he'll be like, oh, really? But people know <laughs> Shante Wise from the nonprofit. And I just, it's so much red tape to change that I haven't changed that part yet. Um, so please come out if you want to come out to October 9th is our fair coming up fall fun festivals October 9th and it's from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. so the kids can be in a costume and dress up and kind of do a trick-or-treat we're gonna have a costume parade the best costume is gonna win a little baggie of something we haven't decided yet but it's just people that typically come out and just really have a good time. It's just good to kind of stand back and just see people be able, like you said, to be able to come and feel safe and comfortable and not be judged yes. because our kids are judged a lot just by a little behavior, a little noise or a little, you know, stimming or they run off or they're screaming or yelling. Our kids are automatically, oh, they need to do something with that kid. Why is that kid acting like that? When I mean, you don't even know what's going on with that child. Yeah. So it, you need to really kind of sit back and be thankful to God that you don't have to deal with this, but send a little prayer out for whatever is going on because you never know what caused that child to act like that. That is beautifully said. And and for that reason, I would also just back you up by saying, even if you are not raising a loved one with autism or don't have um, somebody in your life in some capacity who's on the autism spectrum, maybe you don't know a whole lot about um, about autism or anything, um, even more of a reason to come out to an event like this because you'll learn and you'll interact with people in your community. This show is called one in 44 because one out of every 44 children in this country are diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder every year right now. Um, your neighbors have autism. Um, your, your business partners are, you know, living with somebody, an adult or a child with autism. It's important that we all recognize um, that, that, each individual person is a gift and and should be appreciated and welcomed into the community. So thank you again, Shante Smith um, from Thinkers for Autism for sharing your story, for sharing what you're doing and and honestly for doing it. I think it's great. Um, And uh, I appreciate you taking the time today to talk with me. Thank you so much. This is One in 44, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski. And remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to One in 44, a weekly presentation of the Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at this time next weekend.